Awesome. Why don't we just find our seats? Fantastic. That's great, Musos. Let's give the Musos a hand. They did a fantastic job tonight. <laughs> Wonderful. You all like those drums tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I, was in, uh, I was sitting in Pastor Mike and, and, and Dan's seminar yesterday and um, just thinking, man, we are in for a... The whole church, as I believe, is just shifting into a new age. Amen. New age of living, a new age of authority, and um, I just felt God just put that into my heart last, last yesterday morning, actually. I thought, we should do something like that tomorrow night, and so I thought, yeah, we'll do it. So we, uh, we learned that right before the service, and there you have it tonight. So we put that together, and I think we'll do it again later on, um, but tonight, uh, tonight's real special, and uh, because... There's a great young man here tonight, and uh, I, I, I'm just so impressed how God has just touched his life, and um, I remember speaking to him in, in one of the restaurants a little while ago, about a year or so, and um, he's going to tell you a little bit about that, and uh, basically just gave him the hard word and said, look, you've got to sort your life out, and uh, you know what, he did that, and tonight he's here, and tonight he's going to testify and talk to you how God is has changed his life, and uh, how God is going to move through him powerfully. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for Robbie Venter. How's it, everyone? How's it? How's it? How's it? Yeah, as, as Dave said, my name's Robbie, and uh, about a year ago or so, um, God, God really intervened in my life. He messed all my plans up, changed everything around, and um, so I guess a, a way to say that my, my life before I met God was, was a bit of a mess. I... Um, I was confused about who I was, I had no vision, no, no, no idea where I was heading, and uh, I, I sort of felt like I'd take one step forward and two steps back, and I felt like I needed to escape out of reality all of the time, so I, I started drinking a lot, and um, because of that, I got over about $5,000 worth of fines, just all to do with, with drinking, and um, my life was a heck of a mess, and in Genesis 1 verse 2, it said, that, that the earth was void without form and darkness was on the face of the deep. And w- when I looked these words up, um, I found that it meant misery, destruction, void of meaning, understanding. And I, just, I think this is, this is the, the best way to describe how my life was. But the good thing was, one day God said, let there be light. When I, when I talked to Dave, he said, come on, Rob, you need to sort your life out. And when I cried out to God and said, God, I'm willing to leave all of this behind, he did that. He did great miracles in my life. About two weeks after that, um, I got a call from my auntie in South Africa, and she said, um, Robbie, do you want, I think you need to come and spend a year, year of your life here in South Africa. And I, I just jumped for the opportunity because I knew that I knew that I knew on my inside I was about to meet my God. Something amazing was about to happen in my life. And um, I remember a couple of weeks after that, I got, I got on the plane to South Africa, and I just heard all these voices almost clearly just saying, you're a failure. You're never going to make it. You may as well just give up hope right now. You're guilty. You're, you're shameful. You're, you're, all these things. And at the time, I didn't understand. I thought, what is this? I freaked out. Is, what, what's going on? But I know now that this is the voice of the enemy just trying to get me to agree with his lies. And um, 
So I landed in South Africa, and uh, a couple of nights after that, we went to, went to the Lion King musical, and um, I was sitting there, I was singing, oh, Father, I've, I've, left, uh, I've left all that stuff behind there, and, and here I am, how, how do I fit into life, what is my purpose, where, where do you want me to be? I remember in your Bible you say somewhere that if one of your sheep goes missing, you'll leave the rest of them behind just to go and get this one, and I said, Father, I am lost. I cried out with my heart, and... Um, as I was watching there, I saw this amazing, beautiful show with African dancers and drummers and amazing singing and, and all of that. And I sat there and, and all of a sudden this huge mask popped up and it said, Simba, you've forgotten who you are. You are my son. And whom I, yeah, he said, Simba, you're my son. I want you to go back and claim my kingdom. Remember who you are. And Simba sort of, Simba, Simba had lived this Hakuna Matata life and I could, I just remember, oh, I just thought, God, thank you. What have I been doing with myself? You're saying I'm, I'm a king, but I've been eating bugs and hanging out with clowns. And, and <laughs> I said, oh, man. And, um, and so Nala, his friend, came to him and said, Simba, you need to come back to the kingdom. You know, every, everyone's under the bondage of Scar. And, and I, just, I felt like I could relate with Simba. He believed Scar's like, who said to him, you're guilty, never return. And um, uh, so, yeah, yeah, so Simba went back and he found everything was dead. And it's sort of like God woke me up to the reality of my life. He said, yeah, Robbie, your, your life is in, in, a, in a state of chaos and death. But he said, he also said, you will be able to, we'll be able to sort this out. We'll be able to sort this mess out. And um, Simba started taking on these hyenas one by one. He got claws to the face, but he persevered. He, he kept going. He kept going. And then something that stood out to me is when he came up to Scar, Scar said, you wouldn't kill me. I'm your uncle. Come on, leave it. You know, we're all right. We're, uh, we're us two. We're all right. And God said to me, Robbie, there's some things that you have to be ruthless with. Some things you can't take any nonsense with. You, yeah. you, you, I'm going to restore your life, but you have to be willing to fight. And um, God, yeah. I, I, and then I later on read in the Bible that God says He's calling us to have dominion over the earth, which is to to prevail against and to reign and rule. And, and from then on, I've just been so determined to see God's kingdom come on the earth. And I've realized, man, if any of you today, any of you feel like your life is a mess, if, if God could help me sort my life out, he can sort out yours. If you, if you feel like everything's dead, it doesn't have to stay that way. And I've just got the revelation. Jesus is offering us life today. Yeah, come on. He's offering us life. But it also says in the Bible that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus offers us life and life in abundance. So yeah, so from, from there, um, God, God arranged for me to go to a Bible school called Surf Masters run by a man called Des Sawyer, and I made some amazing friends, surfed some of the best waves in the world, and I learned that God's Word is like a seed. If we water it and we nurture it, then, then it can't do anything else but grow good things in our life, and uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still in that process. Like, yeah, I'm saved. I'm saved. And God wants, wants on, all of you guys. He wants life for all of you. So thank you very much. Come on, man. Just wait there, wait there, wait there. He's a preacher, eh? <laughs> and uh, hey, tell, tell us what, uh, what God has placed on your heart for the future. Oh, uh, yeah, for the future. Um, uh, during my year last year, I went to a country called Mozambique. And um, I just felt after, after God had showed me that thing with the Lion King, if most people went there, they'd just see this dead, dead land. And, but what I saw was opportunity. I saw, I saw that God was going to use me to restore life to that place. 
And um, th- that's, where I'm, that's where I'm willing to go in, in my future, and I know that's what God's preparing me for now. Awesome. And uh, I just can't wait for that day, but right now I'm saying, God, here I am. Do what you need to do in my life until that day. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Incredible. Come on, let's give him a hand. There's a young apostle. He's going to go and sort a Mozambique out. Encourage you to pray for him and to stand with him in prayer. Fantastic. You guys must be, uh, Robert and Leslie, must be very proud parents. And uh, it's great just to see the decisions that you guys have made too. So uh, they've sent their other son over there. And uh, for those of you that want to find out a little bit more what it was like for him over there, what he actually had to go through, uh, you want to talk to him afterwards. And uh, he shed a few tears and whatnot. So that was an exciting thing. Uh, Hey, tonight let's just pray before we open up the Word of God and uh, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are releasing your spirit out in a new dimension upon the earth today. Lord, we thank you for this time, for the season that you have our church, Bay City Outreach Center, in right now. Lord, we thank you that we have come to the end of an era and we are starting a new era. We are stepping up into a new dimension in this life of the church. Lord, I thank you for every member of Bay City Outreach Center. Lord, I thank you today that your power, that your hand is strong upon our lives today. Lord, that your hand is strong to lift us up into a greater dimension in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray tonight that it goes into every person's heart in this place in Jesus' name. Father, tonight a new sound will emerge out of our church in Jesus' name. new sound would emerge out of every individual in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Oh, we can do better than that. Everybody said. Oh, that's better. <laughs> Great. Uh, I preached a couple of Sundays, Sunday nights ago and uh, talked about uh, Titus, uh, Titus 1.5. It talked about, um, for this reason, I've, I've left you in Crete. For this, le- for this reason, uh, Paul has left Titus in this place. Uh, not just left as an abandoned there, but left as into uh, established or positioned into a place where he could extend into the large the kingdom of God. It says in, in, the, in the verse there, it says, for this, region, for this reason I've left you there, that you were put in order the things that are lacking. And uh, in other words, we are ambassadors. He has been sent as an ambassador into the earth, into, into his metron, into his neighborhood, in order to, to fulfill, in order to fill it with things that are lacking. If something is lacking, that means there's a hole somewhere. When there's a hole somewhere, something's going to fill it. When there's a hole in society, when there's a hole in our life, when there's a hole anywhere, something, especially in the spirit, something is going to fill it. So Paul positioned Titus there that you would put in order, that you would put in order, that Titus would put in order the things that are lacking, put in order, put into position things that are missing into the place. Because in the, the city was known as a place of deception and destruction, and um, it was a bad place. And, there's a terrible atmosphere over the place, so it left a hole. So something had to go in, something had to repossess that city. And uh, you and I are in, have our own place of Crete. You and I have a, maybe our Crete is our city. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your school. Wherever it is, God has positioned you and I in a place. He hasn't just abandoned you. He hasn't left you here. He hasn't abandoned us here. He's left us. He's actually he's left us and positioned us here in order to make a difference. So it's no good whinging and whining about how bad the world and how bad the economy is. That's the very reason you're there, to shift it. You're there, you and I are here as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, ambassadors of the King to make a difference, ambassadors of the King to fill the whole earth with the presence of the kingdom of God. Amen? 
Interesting, interesting thing, when you look at the world today, one of the big things that the world is talking about, wherever you look, is the word sustainability. And it's a good, it's a good thing in one context, but in another context, it's not so good. In a good, thing, in a good context, sustainability means when you, when you sustain something, you, you have something in a place, you just maintain its position. You don't go forward and you don't go back, you just stay there. So wherever you look, the world today is talking to world sustainability. So in regards to environmental pollution and things like that, there's no way we want to go backwards. So, so it's good. sustainability is a good thing in that context. But that's not what God called you and I to do. God said right at the beginning, uh, he, he, he positioned, he, he, uh, he, he gave you and I a mandate to go and f- not just to sustain the earth, but to fill the earth and take dominion over every living creature, to fill the place with culture, to fill the place with life, to fill the place with the, with the, uh, with the kingdom of heaven into every, every corner of the earth, not just to sustain. There's quite a big difference. For many of us, we struggle just to stay in our Christian life. For many of us, when we get into a position where we have some pressure, we can't even sustain our Christian walk. So while the world is talking about sustainability, Pastor Mike is starting to speak and to prophesy. What was that word he prophesied today in the last couple of weeks? It starts with A. Can someone remember it? Advance. Advance is a lot different to being sustained. (laughs) So you and I are not just called to sustain our position, but you and I are called to advance and enlarge our position. Amen? Turn to the person next to you. Tell them we're supposed to advance, not just sustain. For you and I to grow, if, you're gonna, if we're going to enlarge and expand and be ambassadors of the kingdom, I promise you this, there will be pressure. <laughs> there will be pressure. Many people in the world today, many people in our society uh, will be under pressure right now, and, uh, and we react or respond in many different ways. And uh, for some people, it will be, God, get me out of this hell hell, get me to, I don't know, America or somewhere. I mind you, America's not probably doing anything good either. But get me to another place, but, and we miss what God has positioned us here for. God has positioned us here to advance, to push back the principalities and powers, to advance his kingdom on earth where we are right now. That means your neighborhood, that means your school, means your place of work, it means wherever you live. If you are an ambassador, if you are an ambassador, you have an embassy. The embassy is the sphere of the world that you live in. Wherever you go, it's not just an embassy that just stays in one spot. It's an embassy that moves. <laughs> so when I move from here right now and I move into town tomorrow, that embassy shifts around me. So wherever I live, wherever I walk, that sphere of the kingdom of God, that sphere of the culture, of the spirit of the kingdom of God is around my life. And I don't get overcome by something else. You know what I'm talking about tonight? Tonight I want to preach to you a little message um, that I felt God challenged me and um, it specifically challenged me about, which I want to share with you tonight. And uh, the scripture, this story is found in 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, verse 24. 2 Kings chapter, who's got their Bibles with them tonight? Come on, it's the Word of God. If you don't have it, we've got one here for you. Be up on the screen. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. And it happened that after this, that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. Indeed, they, so they seized it until people started to do crazy things. When an army was, uh, when a city was besieged, what they'd do is they'd come around and, and the whole army would just surround the city. They'd just cut off all the supply. In other words, what they'd do, they'd put a stranglehold on the city. 
if, uh, if you get your arms around your throat and give a little squeeze, uh, you've got your neck besieged. What the army would do would start to it'll just cut off the supply. And after a while, people would just start to go crazy. Sometimes it would take weeks. Sometimes it would take months. Sometimes it would take years living under this threat of this army, waiting, closing off all your supplies, besieged, and starting to close in. Many people in our world today are in a state or in a position of being besieged. For some people, there are, their finances are in a state of being besieged. Debts have started to mount up around them. Bills started to come in. And people are starting to uh, wonder where they're going to find their next, uh, next dollar from. For other people, they may be besieged in their health. Uh, maybe you're sick in your body and you're, uh, there's, there's things that you've tried to do to, to try and shake that off. But uh, the sickness or disease has got a stranglehold around you. For some people, it's a, maybe it's a spiritual atmosphere that has come upon you. Uh, maybe it's a depression. You've got things in your heart and, and dreams in your life that you want to walk to. And you know God's called you to do great and mighty things. But something has got around you and besieged you. Something has got around you and cut off the supply. Something has got a hold of you and started to strangle you slowly and bit by bit. And, and, and discouragement starts to set in. Hopelessness starts to set in. Fear starts to set in. All these different things start to set in. In many places, and even the church of God, the, the, church, that, the, the church that God uh, sent his son to die for, the, the church that has a mandate to be victorious. In many places, it is dead. And you, and you look here that... the. It got to such a state where they're feeding on donkeys' heads and, 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 and doves done. For some people here, we, um, we're missing out on the things that God has, has planned for our lives. And you know, we, if you want to look at it in a church context, I believe the donkeys, he's talking about rebellion. And um, you talk about the, the dove or the dove's droppings, leftover moves of the Holy Spirit. Many people here were living in a dimension uh, of the move of God that happened years ago. We haven't got anything fresh in our life. Maybe disappointment has besieged us. Maybe um, uh, things have attacked us. We've come around our lives and, and stripped us off the dreams. And, and now we're just feeding off things that God did years ago, which was great, but it's not what God has for us now. For many people, they get sour and, and they start feeding on, they start to do desperate things. You start to read through the scripture there. It talks about uh, there's two ladies that were so hungry they didn't have anything to eat. And what they'll do is that one made a promise, they made a pact with one another that uh, tomorrow that let's boil your son so we can eat him and, and then after we've eaten him, we'll boil your son and we'll, uh, we can eat him. And so, so eventually one did it and then it turns around for the other one to boil, boil their son and so they said no. And so the king saw this and heard this and got incredibly upset. You've got to understand that in many places today, just like Samaria was, people are resorting to desperate things. You look at insurance fraud. Insurance fraud is sneaking up into record, record highs. People are doing things. People are lo- losing jobs. People in many places today are under an area or, or under besiegement. Maybe you're here this, this evening and, uh, and you're one of those ones. Maybe you're here and um, you love God but, and you've, you've experienced moves of God before, but you're stuck in the past and you're feeding on things that happened 20 years ago, which were good but things have got around your life and you're stuck in a place you're not going for. For maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your health, maybe it's whatever place you're in. For everybody, it could be something different. But I believe that and if you look in the world today, you cannot help to see that people everywhere are in a place of besiegement. There are some people today that are 
that actually are walking in blessing, but there are many people today that are living a life and, 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 and the life is getting strangled out of them. Enemy forces have come around and started to squeeze the life out. And so this is the situation where we have this, this besiegement and they come around and they started to, started to resort to, to terrible things, to ball your own kids and to, just so you could eat. I wonder what sort of things that you may have resorted to in order to uh, just to get, get by, in order just to get food. It says here that the famine started to uh, increase and they, they surround, they besieged, some, there was a great famine in Samaria. There was no food. There was, people were just, people were desperate. And so they get to this place where they, uh, that, uh, that the king started to also get desperate. He was in a position, he doesn't know what to do. And so he started to blame God and started to blame the man of God. And it starts to come down and he sent his messenger to kill Elisha. And it goes down in verse 33. It says, while he was still talking with him, there came a messenger coming down to him. And the king said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I, why should I wait any longer for the Lord to come? And I've been in a position in my own life and... Uh, where I felt in that similar position. I felt besieged in a part of my life, and I've asked those questions myself. Why should I wait here any longer? Why? I mean, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've, I've done this, I've done that, I've cried out, I've declared, I've prophesied, I've, I've pleaded, I've, I've done anything. I've done everything I possibly can, and still nothing. Maybe for some of you people here tonight, you're in a similar position. Maybe a part of your life where you felt besieged. And it comes to the choice. Everyone has a choice. Why should, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? I mean, for me, I've had other options which have been pleasing. But I believe in taking those options, I would have missed out on what God had for my life. And all of us will have options. All of us will have paths that we can escape down. And, and, so, and so the king, he was saying, why should I wait for the Lord any longer? In other words, I should just go ahead and do my own thing. And then Elisha said in verse 21, in chapter 7, verse 1, and it said, the prophet said this, hear the word of the Lord. Pastor Mike said, uh, said something this morning, and it's, and it's actually been said over the last little while, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. This is not just about in the Bible, this is something that is happening right now. It's happened with prophets last year. It's Pastor Mike is also saying it again. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. We've heard many different prophetic words and, and come, through, come through the church, and I know that God has been speaking to us. It may seem like he's distant. It may seem like he's silent, but I know that God is speaking to us today. If you've got an ear to hear, you will hear what God is saying to the church. One of those, one of those words is simply this, advance. <laughs> advance. It's time to move on. It's time to move up. We've been here long enough. It's time to go into another dimension of living. It's time to come to another dimension of ministry. It's time to come to our church into another dimension of ministry. It's time to come into another dimension of existence. That is the word, but often we miss that out and get so focused on the besiegement around our lives. And so Elisha says, hear what God is, hear the word of the Lord. He says, this time tomorrow, things are going to change. Tell somebody next to you, this time tomorrow, things are going to change. Friend, I can tell you tonight, 
It doesn't matter what you are going through. It doesn't matter how mean and menacing that army looks, looks around you. It doesn't matter how, how menacing or how desperate your situation looks. I know that this, that God has got you and I in a place of preparation, in a place that God is about to shift us, you and I, into a new dimension of living. I believe that this time is, is not a time to be afraid of. It's not a time to get depressed over, but it's a time for us to get excited because just around the corner, about this time tomorrow, things are going to change. About this time tomorrow, things are going to be different. It doesn't matter what your situation is. Right now, you can hear the word of the Lord. It's coming. Advance. This 15 years has been one, it's been one season. The next 15 years is going to be different from that season. It's going to be a better season. And it's just around the corner. It's tomorrow. Things are going to change. Things are going to change. Things are going to get better. This time, this season is not going to last forever. It doesn't matter how menacing it it will not last forever. It is only for a season. It is only for a season. About this time tomorrow, things are going to change. So the prophetic word has come to the city of Samaria, same as the prophetic word has come to this church today and yesterday and over the last couple of months. Things are about to change. Tell the person next to you, tell them things are going to change. Oh, tomorrow we're not just going to be eating donkey heads or, or leftover moves of the Holy Spirit. Tomorrow we're going to be into something powerful. Tomorrow we're going to be into something greater. Tomorrow we're going to be into something with a lot more power and a lot more strength. Oh, come on, give the Lord a shout of praise. So here we have a choice. It puts us into a position that we have a choice. Every one of us here tonight, you and me, every day we're going to have this choice. And so hear the word of the Lord. Says, it says, tomorrow things are going to be different. And so verse 2, it says, an officer who's, on whose hand that the king leaned answered the man of God and, and said, everybody say said. Said. He said these words. He spoke words. He spoke these words. Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? Yeah. Listen to what he said. What are the words that you and I say? We may have not said those specific words, but I know in my heart, I got convicted about it this morning, that I've I've said words similar. God, I know that you created the heavens and the earth, but will you do it? (laughs) I mean, I've heard a lot of this stuff before, but, but will you actually do it? And he started to... It wasn't just the words that he spoke, but it was the spirit behind those words. He said, if the Lord, if the Lord. And then Elisha turned around and said, in fact, you're going to see it, but you're not going to experience it. You're going to see it, you're going to get a taste of it, but that's all you're going to see. In fact, he didn't even tell him the whole story. And it goes on to say that there was four leprous men, and they were sitting at the side, and they, they were in a place, and they, and they, they were questioning in, them, in themselves, why do we stay here until we die? I say, let's go. If we stay out here, we're going to die. But if we go over there, we're going to die anyway. So basically, they're dead men walking. So they go to the Assyrian camp and say, let's have a look. What's going on? So they get to the Assyrian camp, 
And they, they look into this place, they look into the camp, and you can imagine the nerves that are going on inside them. They get to this place and they see, and they don't see anything. They don't see any soldier at all. They don't see any, any thrash at all. Everyone had just packed up. There's just donkeys tied up. There were horses tied up. That's all they saw. The place was vacant. The Bible says, they rose at twilight in verse 5. They rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the camp of the, the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord. Everybody say, for the Lord. Come on, a little bit more. For the Lord. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear a sound. Somebody say a sound. Sound. The, the, the Lord had caused the, the enemies to hear a sound. A sound. A sound. The sound of chariots. The sound of horses. And the sound of a great army. Friends, you and I have got to be careful and what the sound is that our lives produce. Sound is an incredible, uh, uh, it's, an, it's an incredible thing. Sound has the power to create. The Bible says, um, Robbie was saying that right at the beginning that the earth was void and, the, and, and, and darkness covered the face of, uh, of the earth and the, and the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit of God hovered over the faces of the water, waiting. Waiting. Waiting for what? Waiting for a waiting for a sound. See, creation it all was already there. It hadn't just hadn't manifested itself. Creation was already there. Creation, the the the, the, the sea, the, the the beautiful creation that we see out there was already in God's heart. It was already there. It was just asleep. What it was waiting for was a sound to call it into existence. What it was waiting for was a sound. To bring it out of its sleep. Sound is an incredible uh, power. Sound is an incredible thing. Um, our voices, you, you look at music, for example. Music has the sound, to, the sound has the power to create. Sound creates things. So before there was creation, there was sound. God spoke and things were created. Music is a sound that God created. Music when we create music, music is a sound that can create atmospheres in a place. With simply a sound, we can produce a sound, we can produce an atmosphere of romance. <laughs> with a sound, we can we can create an atmosphere of war. For with a sound, we can create an atmosphere of joy. With a sound, we can create an atmosphere of heaviness. The sound that we produce creates things. Even silence has a sound. When you say nothing, you still make a sound. See, when Titus was left in Crete, in Crete he, was, he, had, he was not going to put in order the things that were lacking without making a sound. The Bible says that our words have the power of life or death. The words, the sound that comes out of our mouth has the power to create, has the power to, uh, to release potential in people's lives has the power to, just like God's word, has the power to release creation. Your words have the power to release potential in people's lives. Wow. The sound that you and I can make. The power, the creativity that lies within you and I. 
Jesus said, we'll be held accountable for the words that we speak. Our words have the power to, to crush and to kill a person. Our words that at the sound that we produce has the power to bring people forward into dimensions of living that they've never ever experienced before, but God had planned for them. Our power, our, 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 the sound that, our, that our, our life produces has the power to, uh, to unleash demons against people. The sound that our, that our life produces, oh, somebody get excited about this. Our, the sound that our life produces has the power to release angels. See, friends, when we pray, when we pray, a sound, the sound that comes out of our life, it goes from a different, so when, I, when I talk to you, I'm talking at this dimension, but there's another dimension at work here right now. And friends, when we pray, the sound that our lives produce, the sound that comes out of our life, the sound that comes out of our body, it's not just a sound that, that comes and, and, and just... It just doesn't just come out there, but our sound, the sound that comes out of our body comes up to a greater dimension. The sound of prayer is not just an ordinary sound. The sound of prayer brings our sound, the sound of our voice, into another dimension, into the world where God lives. Whew. When you start to pray in a heavenly language, when you start to pray in tongues, it's not just ordinary words. It, 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 there's an elevation. It comes up to a new level and starts to shift things over atmospheres. It starts to shift things over people's lives. It starts to shift things. It releases angels. It releases the presence and power of God. It comes up to a new dimension. How often do we pray? How often do we pray? How much time do we spend in prayer? Friend, if you and I are going to be called, one of those ones, they're going to be called into another dimension that God has prophesied, we must be people of prayer. My question is, what sort of a sound does your life produce? Is it a sound of silence? You look at this guy. He heard the word of God. About this time tomorrow, things are going to be, things are going to be different. In other words, he said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. What sound did he produce? He produced a sound of defeat. He produced a sound of unbelief. He produced a sound of doubt. He produced a sound of it produced a pessimistic sound. So you look at our society today. When God says, I'm about to change, I'm about to shift something, tomorrow things are going to be different. You listen around, you listen to some of the things that people say. Oh, I don't know about what's going to happen this year. Oh, things are looking pretty bad. People are going to lose their jobs. People are going to, people are going to do this. People are going to do that. Hold on, I have, on one hand, I have God speaking and saying, tomorrow things are going to be different. It's time to advance. On the other hand, you're telling me things are going to get sour and go belly up. What sound is coming out of your mouth? Even in this current climate right now, what sound is coming out of your mouth? Just after we've heard prophetic words from God himself, come and fill this place. Advance, tomorrow things are going to be different. Comes to a position that we, have a, we get put in a position that we've got to make a choice, whether we'll listen to that or will we listen to the word of God and say, oh yeah, 
tomorrow things are going to change. Friends, there were three sounds that came out in this place. First one was the prophetic word. There's probably lots of sounds, but I just took three. There's the prophetic word. The word of God, come. Things are going to change. Things are going to be different. This, 15, this next 15 years are going to be a, a year of enlargement and increase. It's time to advance. Things are going to be different. The word of God, there's a prophetic word, come. Second voice was, yeah, right, whatever. Maybe. Heard that before. The second voice was a voice of unbelief. The second voice was a voice of doubt. The second voice was a pessimistic voice. Second voice was a wet blanket voice. But I believe there was a third voice. There was a third sound that also took place. See, I don't believe, I mean, it's not in the Bible, so I'm just speculating here, so stone me afterwards or whatever. <laughs> but I believe, that there was, I believe that there was somebody else in that city. I believe that there was somebody, even though the city was in doubt, even though the city was was in, under siege, even though the city was in a place of disappointment. Can I have the band up? Even though the city was in a place of, 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 of besiegement, even though the king had heard one voice, he'd heard the voice of God. Uh, on the other hand, he'd heard a voice. I believe that somewhere in that city that somebody was praying. I believe that somewhere, somebody in that city, maybe it had just been one old little old lady, could have been one young person. It could have been two. It could have been a house group. It could have been, I don't know who it could have been. But I, I, I know without a shit, I'm guaranteed when we get to heaven, you ask Jesus and you say, Jesus, was there somebody praying? I bet you he will say yes. There was somebody, I believe, in that city, even though it was under besiegement, making a different sound. Somebody, instead of saying, oh, I don't know about this, I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about this year. I think this year is going to be real tough. I think a lot of people are going to struggle. I think a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. I think a lot of, uh, blah, 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 blah. But I believe that would have been somebody in that city. God, I thank you for your word that you've spoken to us. God, I thank you today. This is not a place. These, this army here is not here to destroy us. This army here is for you to demonstrate, a, uh, to demonstrate something, to demonstrate something of your power. I believe this opportunity, this, this place is not here to kill us. This time is not here to crush us. This time is here to take us to a different level. God, it doesn't matter what things look like around us. I know that you are the God of the impossible. That your word says that you make a path for the lightning. If you make a path, you can make a way for the lightning and Job. I know that you can make a way for my situation. I know that when you speak to the sun and you speak to the clouds, you hold them into your position. I know that in Job, and it says, you speak to the rain and you say, be strong, and it's, be, and it's strong. That is the God we serve. What is the sound that's coming out of your life? Right now, we're in a place where we can choose to go forward and upwards or we can choose to just sustain and go back. I believe that at the sound, 
at the sound of that person's prayer, at the sound of victory even in the face of defeat. See, this is something about God, that he cannot contain himself. Faith moves him. Faith is when you, things look a bit different, but you know that on the other side, things are going to be better. Faith is knowing that it doesn't matter what looks like around us, that I know that God can prevail. So when God starts to hear the, the prayers of the saints, when God starts to hear the declarations of victory of people who are still maybe in a, look like in a place of besiegement, there is something that moves them. God cannot contain himself. God cannot contain himself. Just as uh, the our words can release demons against people. I believe that the person who prayed and that, that it released the angels of the living God and there was a sound, not only what is there was a sound of prayer produced, but there was a sound from heaven produced. And as the enemy's army heard the sound of heaven, they packed up their bags and out of there. <laughs> My question is, what is the sound that you produce? Does your, there's a sound that comes out of your life. Does it produce uh, death? Does it produce destruction? Does it produce disappointment? Does it produce despair? Or does the people, when I'm around you in your space, in your, in your embassy, what, is the, what do I experience in your embassy? Is there angelic visitation? Is there a, a release of heavenly angels to act on our behalf? What is the sound that your life produces? We look down further, just in this last bit. And in verse, chapter 7, verse 19, and said, Then that officer who had answered the man of God, and he said, a silly thing that he said. He said, in fact, you shall not see it with your own eyes, and you'll not eat of it. You'll see it, but you won't eat it. And it happened to him, the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. That's what happened to him. Friend, you don't want to be that person that gets trampled in the gate. Friends, I believe that right now we're in a place where there are treasures that have been left behind from the devil. There's treasures that have just been waiting for you and I just to go and lay a hold of. There's riches, there's, uh, there's anointings, there's fresh anointings, there's fresh mantles, there's fresh things, there's fresh dreams that are waiting for you and I to give that sound. Waiting to be released. Question is, what sort of sound will you and I produce? Amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we just stand up in the Lord and give the Lord a big shout of praise tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's make a big shout to Jesus tonight. What sort of a sound do we hear in this place? Tonight, we're going to get up and play in a minute. And just as the. Uh, the Syrians heard the sound of chariots. They heard the sound of soldiers. They heard the sound of horses. Tonight, we're going to start to release a sound in this place. Maybe you're here in this place and you're besieged in a part of your life. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a, uh, the call of God. Maybe it's a, uh, I don't know, whatever place you're besieged. If you don't feel besieged, then there's somebody around you that is. We have community, that is. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to start to create a sound of victory. We're going to start to create a sound of hope. We're going to start to release a sound of victory into this place and over our city. Amen. And if you're in that place tonight where you want, where you're in a place where you need to be set free, 
you need to uh, have that besiegement breaking off your life, why don't you come up in front here? And we're going to start to clap and we're going to start to make a sound of praise and we're going to start to release a fresh blessing of God over this place. Amen. The siege will be broken. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rise up, church. Tonight, if you're living under a place of siege, if there's negativity and pessimism in your life, why don't you come up? If you know you speak negatively, you need to come up. Why don't you come right now? If you're in a place of heaviness, place of loneliness, place of negativity, why don't you come up?